0: 70 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark
1: at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Jill McGranahan.
0: Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. What are you looking at? Uh, We're going to have a riot today. Oh. (laughs) We always have a blast. I know we do. Oh, you mean... But okay,
2: I have a okay. flagpole I'm going to stick in your eye. Oh, jeez, come on now. <laughs> well, then I have a fire extinguisher. Are oh, you're going to hit me in the head with it, okay. going to hit you in the back of the head with But that's just a normal day of tourism at the Capitol.
0: Well, they a lot of the things, <laughs> that when they injured officers, they were still between the stanchions. So <laughs> it doesn't really count if you were violent.
2: I thought it was interesting. No. I saw quite a bit uh, this morning. It was interesting. CNN and MSNBC both were extensively covering uh, the <laughs> a year-old event this mm-hmm. morning. They were all had their videos and everything on it. Fox and Friends, however, did not talk about it. They were talking about Steve Ducey, one of their hosts, having Omicron and they never did get around to discussing January 6th. Then they went on, ironically, then they went on to the uh, the virus. I am not sure who would issue such an order, but Republicans were told to stand down
0: and downplay it, not go to Washington, don't participate in prayers or services. If you're asked to do interviews, just issue a short statement. If you're being, uh, you know, summoned to appear somewhere related to this, don't spread the word. Just, uh, you know, make you know, sense. It was President Trump's supporters And President Trump is... What, the de facto head of the party, or the actual head of the party, right at the moment, uh, you 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 know you're supposed to distance yourself from the violence and make sure that you're talking about uh, you know any Republican ideals, whatever they might be these days.
2: Well, I think that the Democrats, uh, as evidenced by Joe Scarborough and company, and on M- on CNN, really want to make it a Republican thing. They're all saying just well, they're, Republican they're, in general. Yeah, right. The Republicans have refused to walk away from Donald Trump. There was a moment on the first days and first hours where they could have walked away from him, but they didn't. Well, I don't think you walk away from the sitting president, but you certainly tell him when he's wrong, and he was wrong here. He should have gotten out in front of this fast. Yeah, but don't you think since then, key Republicans have moved back to
0: President Trump? I mean, look at uh, what McCarthy said right afterwards, said it was untoward violence and that the president, uh, President Trump was, um, you know, culpable, you know, X percentage, whatever that happens to be, was responsible. But then afterwards, of course, flew to Florida, kissed the and since then is 100% Trump 100% big lie yeah. and uh,
2: it's difficult if you could separate Donald Trump out uh, from his policies and just have his policies there I would as a republican I would flock to his policies but i mean the guy has just been reprehensible through almost all of this still to be repeating all this time later that the election was stolen from him and despite the fact that he's had audits in several states where republicans have attempted an audit and including here in Pennsylvania and where is the results of these audits where where are the big findings the big that are going fraud. to overturn the election the simple fact is republicans need to face the fact Donald Trump lost. He lost by, what, 5 million votes? 5 or 7 million. I forget what it was, what the popular vote count was. Eight. And he lost in the Electoral College. So I mean that's, that's fair and square. We need to, we need to come to grips with that fact that there was a a man who was elected president who had some very good Republican policies and who was implementing them and doing a good job implementing them, but he was a flawed human being who whose ego got in the way of his ability to govern the country.
0: Do you think a Mike Pence might bring what you're describing, this idea of holding on to some of President Trump's policies and how they could, uh, you know, how they were implemented and what he stood for and those kind of things, you know, the border security and being super tough on China and
2: that kind of thing? Asking our allies to pay their fair share of their defense, yeah. yeah.
0: Whatever it happens to be, right, all of those policies, I mean, we could could, could probably name a dozen just off memory, but uh, do you think Mike Pence will uphold would be that person?
2: Uh, I don't know. I think Mike Pence is certainly um, doctrinally, uh, on the basis of doctrine, he's solid as a Republican, but he's not exactly the most charismatic guy in the world. You know, <laughs> right, when you think about people who get out there, I mean, a Ron DeSantis could run rings around him. So could a George Bush. Okay. But, you know, he if you wanted somebody, I always remember how Warren Harding got elected. You remember his campaign slogan? No, this is before my time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He said, "We not nostrums, but normalcy. Oh. That was his argument for being elected in 1920. Not nostrums, but normalcy. Nostrums being like a big policy? Remedies, cures, oh, okay. nostrums. I take a nostrum for my headache. Okay. But that's what he meant. He meant, I'm not going to mm-hmm. offer you cures, I'm going to offer you stability. I think if the country was ready for that again, then Mike Pence might be somebody they'd turn to. Okay, history man. Um,
0: our republic is crumbling. We're more divided than no, ever. We're we not were pr- we, Well, just hold on. This is a premise for a question. Okay. You don't have to agree with all the, uh, the, the each each rung of the ladder. But anyway, um, our republic is crumbling. We're more divided than ever. We're going to have more violence in the future because of this. And Trump supporters are are just you know this one third of the country is just still you know virulently opposed to uh, or just vehemently su- uh, supporting uh, President Trump, who is president from the past that they could have solved this, bring the country back together help get us out of this. Who was one of the greatest presidents that was able to do this?
2: Ronald Reagan. Okay. I think he could have done it. On the Democratic side, Harry Truman. On the Democratic side, John Kennedy. I think they could have done that. Mm -hmm. I think John Kennedy worked very hard. I mean, he was a flawed human being, too. But he was, you know, as a president, he was a solid guy who was trying to do what was right for this country. He showed strength when he needed to show strength. And he conciliated when he needed to conciliate. And who would be the worst president to put in right now (laughs) from history? Well, let me think
0: about that. In addition to Trump, who else?
1: (laughs)
2: Um... Well, I'm you ponder you were, that. No, I, I can give you an answer. <laughs> Andrew Johnson would certainly have been a okay, terrible
0: choice. Okay, so just choice. somebody who was a bad president all around anyway certainly doesn't have the kind of skills we're going to need in
2: a couple of years. And I would think... Uh, what, what? Who is that guy? Well, actually... Um, well, Millard Fillmore wouldn't be a good choice either. one
0: eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five 795 9565 is our open phones. We are talking about January 6th. As our show progresses, it is open phones, so we can switch topics if you so choose. Uh, and at 9.30 this morning, we'll have Leonard Steinhorn on from American University, a professor of journalism and history and communications, and he'll be talking about uh, the uh, January 6th. And I'm going to put that question to him. You know, what about our republic crumbling? What do we, is, is that a... Is that a true observation on my part?
2: Our democracy is suffering. Right. Except we're we're not a democracy. We are a
0: republic. Right. We're gone down. All right. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15 Hummelsworth. Find out more about them at sunburymotors.com. Do as I've done on many occasions. Go to the quick lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury for maintenance and oil changes and inspections and alignments. I also go there to get pumped up with nitrogen. And we've had some body work done there. I think I look a little bit better for it. And uh, let's nah, see. that was a fail. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's botched. Right, <laughs> it's botched. Okay. Well, but uh, as far as the work they would do on your vehicle, that, oh, would, that be would be, be 100%. Yep, 100% perfect uh, there. Uh, they've been doing a lot of repainting uh, there as uh, folks have uh, kind of put off some of that work. But uh, you name it, they'll get you, get her done. They got a master towing service with decades of damage-free experience. And they sell four. Hyundai and Kia and each one of these has a new vehicle out Ford's got the Maverick Hyundai's got the Santa Cruz it's like a mini pickup truck looks fabulous as long as you don't have to haul too much I think that look like that would be a great vehicle and of course the Kia Telluride's got a re build, remake to it, so that would be a great vehicle, too. So, Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Our toll-free line now open, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at com, and you can text us at 70236, include the keyword OTM. You got all four lines lit up. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> holy smokes, that didn't take long. All right, uh, Eric is first, correct? Yeah, Eric is first up. Go right ahead.
3: Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I will try to be as calm today as I can. Splendid. As we uh, remember uh, January 6th and the very troubling uh, activities from that time, um, we, those of you who want to defend President Trump, will say, "Well, he really didn't incite the insurrection." But how can anyone, Joe, defend the 180 minutes? where he did nothing.
2: I don't defend them, I think From, he, he was dead wrong. No, but, a
3: lot of, but you will admit a lot of people are. They were saying, you know, there's nothing he could do. Yesterday's show was almost devoted totally to trying to blame Nancy Pelosi for, for the insurrection. A good part of the show was saying what Nancy Pelosi did not do. So you're trying, you're trying to shift the blame. The blame lies, I believe, with the president inciting the riot, and then the coward that he is, retreating into the Oval Office, and watching Washington burn, so to speak. I'm using a a euphemism here. But in my mind, you know, Trump fiddled while the Capitol burned, repeating history from Rome. For 180 minutes, he fiddled, I'm saying fiddled around, did nothing, hoping against hope and whatever goes on in that brain of his that this was going to overturn the election because he incited, he lit it, and then he backed up and watched it go. And for three hours, he watched the... The arts of our our democracy literally burned before our eyes as as these people attacked what was sacred before, what was, you know, aside from a few little incidents, was a safe place for the greatest democracy, democracy in the world to conduct our business. And, and you know, well, we didn't have enough. We didn't do this, we didn't do that. Well, before, we didn't have to worry about that because we didn't have a president who would who would even think about doing something like that. It was beyond the pale of what we thought could happen. And that is what happened on January 6th. And people today, well, I'm sure, will call in and say, well, I have it wrong, or, or, or that was not his intent. But the facts are the facts. And now if you care to refute them, I'd be very happy to listen.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know that he anticipated what the result of of his actions would have been. Then
3: why did he Well, let me finish. I I listened
2: to you. Let me finish. Uh, I don't think that he anticipated that the reaction was going to be that strong. I think what he actually wanted was for Vice President Pence. As a matter of fact, early in the morning, he made a statement at 8.17 a.m. He said states want to correct their votes, which they now know were based on irregularities and fraud, plus corrupt processes never received legislative approval. All Mike Pence has to do is send them back to the states and we win do it mike this is a time for extreme courage i think that's what he was anticipating that there would be some quasi-legal process that would save his skin if you will and then when mike didn't do that he tweeted out to everybody hey mike didn't do that, so that go get him well yeah that, i'm just saying that i think initially well, well it just yeah, fed on yeah, itself well, that's
3: the very good point uh, let's discuss that
2: well go ahead discuss it
3: <laughs>
0: I, I, <laughs> it's indefensible. No one's going to defend President Trump.
3: The I think it sets right with that. Along with, you know, you know we can't take this fight like hell. And they turned around and did. They did exactly what he said. And the coward that he is, did he lead them? No. He retreated to the White House and sat on his whatever for three hours until he finally saw that defeat was imminent. Then then he decided, to, oh, calm down, guys. This isn't right. Yeah. Well,
2: there's, there's really Joe. no defending. I, I'm sure some people will call in and defend him, but I think mm-hmm. what he did was indefensible because he put in motion some things. I don't think he intended them to get as out of hand as they criminal, were.
3: Joe? Criminal?
2: No, I don't think it was criminal. I think he, he also added in there to go down there peacefully. Now, yes, he said other things, but he also added that. So, I mean, if they chose to buy the fight like hell part, but not the peacefully part, that's not on him. That's on the people who committed the crimes and who destroyed the Capitol that day.
3: And we've had this argument before that words mean something. I believe they do. Apparently, you don't. No, I do I mean, believe they standing mean something. standing so- president of the United States?
2: If I say to say to Mark, well at the start of the program I kidded Mark and said I oh, have a flagpole I'm going to stick in his eye, you know <laughs> the there it's, it's not that <laughs> no it's not that I
3: funny. don't believe you have a flagpole joke on.
2: no I don't but I'm I'm saying people say things all the time that they don't really mean you're not the
3: United States either are you no now, I'm you not you said that in a in a committee meeting uh, in you know in and Dam. Would that have had more weight? Of course it would.
2: Am I right? If I I told our police department that I think they ought to go stick stick a flagpole in somebody's eye, that would certainly be out of line. But here, you know, I, I just don't think he, and I think he's a terrible human being, a flawed person, great administrator, tough guy who did the right things when it came to policy but on this he was dead wrong he should have done more he should have done it quicker and he should have never put in motion this stuff that he, he did he, he could have he could have gone out in style he could have said listen while i believe this election was stolen i certainly transfer power peacefully if this is the if if i can prove in court that it was wrong fine but if i can't i, w- I wish president biden president-elect biden great success
0: all right we got he could to have eric. Been
2: a decent guy about it but he wasn't
0: thank you thank you thank you so much eric very very much appreciated. Well, President Trump did say one thing that should have calmed down the crowd.
4: And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore.
0: All right, well, maybe that wasn't it, but he did say some good (laughs) things. All right, we'll take a quick break. we got one caller waiting, but we'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565.
5: There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. He can explain it in English what the problem is.
2: Okay, Doug says, and I suppose you guys also believe the 2020 election was the most secure election ever. The fact that the left keeps saying this is proof in itself that something wasn't right with the election. Changing rules up to election day, stopping the counts in the middle of the night in all the key swing states, and an incoherent old man cooped up in his basement for most of his campaign, supposedly receiving more votes than any other presidential candidate in history. But of course there's nothing to see here, and anyone who questions the election is a crazy conspiracy theorist Trump follower. And
0: that's from Doug. Signed, the, Doug. Doug the crazy conspiracy theorist Trump follower. <laughs> he said,
2: well, you know, he made, he makes some good points there, but on, well, at the end, could, all of nobody them. could prove it. I mean, if it was proven...
0: All of them are on way, way, way thin ice. We'll go into okay. them another day, but that's another topic. All right, Chris, yeah, you're on the mark.
2: His only accurate statement was the last
6: one.
0: <laughs> that he's a crazy conspiracy theorist Trump follower. No, that was me saying that, but... Uh,
6: no, though, that he, he, he said that. that anybody who, uh, who uh, doesn't agree with that is a crazy conspiracy Trump follower. That part was true.
0: <laughs> Amen. So, All right. Good morning, Chris. Thanks and, for calling in.
6: And the idea that Trump was a great administrator.
0: <laughs>
6: I mean, That's it's a little, little puffery. On. And then the idea that I, the, I never knew a great administrator whose only judgment on your value is your loyalty to him. That does not make a great administrator. That makes a terrible administrator. He played to the corrupt all around the world. He played to the oligarchs and dictators all around the world. That was his policy, to do that precisely. And his uh, remarks about what he did about the election, uh, this one with the January 6th insurrection, he wanted worse. He didn't want less. He wanted worse or he would have done something. The man who pledged, pledged to protect every federal building couldn't do it. Well, he could, but he didn't want to. And the, the, just the, the, what he said about this election, you were criticizing. He said that about his free while he was campaigning about the first election. If I don't win, it's rigged. That's what he said when he was running both times. And it was just as bad then as it is now. It was as bad as his lies about Obama and where he was born that got him fame and and notice in the Republican Party in the first place. When you would think it was all of the same cloth.
0: If his first win was rigged, why didn't he champion election reform during the four years he was in office? No,
6: he complained about all the votes he really won by much more than what it said, and he didn't (laughs) do anything about it for four years. And now the Republicans that he has influenced are trying to do something about it. They're trying to replace people. It was also the Republicans in office who said, who were in charge of voting, who said it was the most secure and fair election in their state when they were challenged. And they got rid of those people. And they've made changes in rules so state legislatures politically can overthrow election as a result. They don't like, and that's made our our democracy on, uh, go on thin ice. And I haven't heard, uh, and most of the Republicans are all for it. I mean, open your eyes, Joe.
0: Yeah. What do they What do they gain by having our republic collapse altogether?
6: They gain the the power they want. They Joe's- gain ability for one party to fix the election.
0: Joe's waiting. He's not saying anything.
6: Well, Joe, I wanted to say that I wasn't calling you garbage. Okay. Since you mentioned it, while I happened to be listening one day The last
2: words I heard were, you're garbage and you hung up while the show was over. And
6: and I was actually more upset at Mark at the time (laughs) because he did this dramatic interlock. And Joe says, what's your reply, Chris? And tried to make a dramatic moment of it and a big me-versus-you thing, and I wasn't into that at that okay, time. Okay,
0: fair we, enough. We also and, waited 15 and minutes. Also,
6: but I was referring to your whole show because of the <laughs> way uh, the Republicans, the, the, the right wing, often calls in, and you don't challenge them at all about all their crazy statements. And then I come in and I get interrupted in the middle of my first sentence.
2: Well, the the way the and, program's uh, supposed to work is that um, as, if, as you interrupt if you call him, in, oh, yeah, as you call in <laughs> on the right, uh, Mark will I will Mark will challenge you. If you call in on the left, I challenge you. I mean, otherwise.
6: No, 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 no. You if Mark doesn't. If Mark do, doesn't challenge. Yeah, not not uh, so like you do, Joe. Yeah, sorry, he's right. He, he
2: interrupted you. What did you say, Chris? <laughs>
6: He, he, I'm sorry, he, Mark is a faux liberal, as he admits to.
2: Right, exactly.
6: I mean, on some, on some things, he's perfectly liberal, yes. But on other things, he isn't. I play one on and the radio. And he very seldom challenges the way you do. He challenges by sort of making jokes and whatnot, but, and even agreeing with you facetiously. It's all so, fair. in other words, he comes uh, across as wimpy. It's a, it's a completely different thing. When, when you, in fact, since I've stopped calling regularly, I've noticed you've gone after Republicans more or conservatives
2: more. I go after anybody that I think ha- is not is is being. Yeah,
6: no, no you, 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 no, let you, me you, you, you let just me let finish. a lot of things. Pass. Let me
2: finish. I go.
6: I, like, I guess I'm not going to get a chance. Let I'll let go back to not
2: talking when they come <laughs> for the right.
0: <laughs> All right, Chris, we'll give you the last word. Anything else to add?
6: Uh, no, that last part was the part I was going to add, if you asked me that this time. Okay, but perfect. But really, Trump, Trump this, this really was a conspiracy to overthrow the election. I mean, I'm pretty sure the evidence is going that way. In fact, I told you their plan before the election, if you happen to remember, yep. exactly how they were going to try to manipulate the Electoral College and get it into the House. I told you that before the election.
0: Very prescient
6: because well they were they were talking about it then, the prescient. people who were with trump, the trumpsters were talking about it, and I listen, and I take them seriously we've got to go chris we Bye. got it.
0: we're out of time, but thank you so much uh, dan you're going to get a couple of minutes now, and uh, w- whatever time you desire afterward,
7: I mean with any hey, reason, of course Good morning, Why, Joe, you said that. Uh, Uh, Trump lost. No, I'll tell you who lost America. Freedom lost in that election. And I said, I keep saying it, that was the most important election in a long time. It was between good and evil, and evil won. And you look, look around, what for mess we're in right now. And I'm proven right all the time. I don't care if you call me right-wing Senator Road or whatever. America's losing. Just go to the gas pump. Look at the border crisis. Look at Iran. Israel don't have a friend anymore in the United States. It's really sad. And I still stick behind what I said the election was between good and evil and I don't know no, we'll never know what the true facts were on the vote they're, they're, they fight that at every hand there will be no true audit of anything so we're stuck with what we have but what I hope for is election reform make sure the next election you don't mail out ballots like i got in the mail questionable i didn't use them i threw them away i went to the poll and voted and get the election secure so we we aren't divided again on the election
2: i think the election was between competence and incompetence
7: not between good and evil.
2: But here's the other thing. That's another way of saying it. I don't think right. Joe Biden is evil by any stretch of the imagination, and I don't think Donald Trump is good. I mean, you, you call the program and you talk about how wonderful Trump was, but yet he he had the wool pulled over his eyes with respect to vaccines that he, he created and pushed. You know, so it d- doesn't really make sense to say he was all that great. He had some good policies, but some bad behaviors. I think the election was between buffoonery and
0: incompetence. In buffoonery and senility. Right, and, and people. should the latter, because they were—they were, they thought buffoonery was worse. Yeah. They might have. All right, Dan, we got to put you on hold. You are now on hold. Stand by. All right. <laughs> You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK, OK, Sunbury. Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark. On the mark. Sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please go to sunburymotors.com before you buy your next vehicle. Our toll-free line is open. Call one 800 795 565 You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. We'll try to get to the texts. ASAP. Make sure you put the keyword OTM in there. When we last spoke, we were in the middle of a conversation with Dan on the line. So we'll finish that up, and then we have some news headlines. Go ahead, Dan.
7: Hey, hey Joe, I want to explain something I think you misunderstand. When I say the vote was between good and evil, I'm not talking about the man. They're both fallen creatures. I'm talking about the policies, and that's what I'm talking about. I didn't vote for Trump because I liked him as a person. Necessarily, He may not even look at me being a poor dirt guy from Union County. I voted for him because he did make America great, and we were on our way back. Now we're on our way downhill. I wanted to explain that. I don't mean that, that Trump's 100% good and Biden's totally despicable as a person. I'm talking about policies, policies. And that's why that's why I say it was between good and evil if you follow my
2: drift. I do, but I don't I don't think that the liberal policies are evil per se. I disagree with them. I think they're wrong-headed and I don't think they're good for the country, but I wouldn't characterize them as evil. There are some well. people who would say Republican policies are evil. Republicans favor, you know, not helping, um, not giving massive amounts of money to people who are in unfortunate circumstances. They want to give them a hand up, not a hand out. And well, some people think not that's necessarily
7: evil. That's true, but you know, but you know, I lost my train of thought there. But you know, Biden, he, yeah, he wants to help people, but. He ran. Uh, he ran as a middle of the road guy. Right. He didn't run as a far left.
2: Well, no, you're right, and he, not only that, but he he actually said, "I beat the I beat the far left wing of the party." But then he yep, caved into them.
7: Now he's controlled by the far left. If he all all Biden had to do to be a great president, all he had to do. Was keep all the things that Trump had in let it alone just sit in the office take a nap and let Trump's policies go the way they were and none of us would even be talking about that about uh, Biden's left leaning oh that's all he had to do go out go fishing go get an ice cream cone sit there on the beach and lick ice cream. That's all Biden had to do to be a great president. And none of us so-called, whatever we are, right-wingers would be complaining about him. That's all Biden had to do. And we'd be, we would let it go, and you wouldn't hear no more talk about the riot at the Capitol or the protests. You wouldn't hear nothing more of it. But, no, that that wasn't going to happen. Biden was going to rule, let the left take over. It's Obama's policy. <laughs> Obama's policy. Obama too. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, really, that's what it is. What All Obama right, we got really you. wanted to do.
2: Okay. Hey, we got to move on here, Dan, but thank you. Appreciate yeah, thank
7: your you very much. Have a great day.
2: You too. Hey, you Take too, care. buddy. Thanks for calling in. All right, we got some open phones.
0: 1-800-795-9565. Leonard Steinhorn at 930 this morning, so we'll get him on the line. But in the meantime, uh, we got open phones. We're talking about January 6th. 1-800-795-9565. We do have some brief news headlines here. U.S. Congressman Dan Muser was unavailable this week for interviews, but did issue a statement saying, quote, January 6th, 2021, was a terrible day for our nation. I was in the House chamber at the Capitol when violence and the rampage was occurring in the halls. I helped secure the chamber and witness up up close the violence at the Capitol that day, as well as the bravery and great heroism of the U.S. Capitol Police. The violence in our Capitol should be denounced by all. Unquote. Uh, You can read his full statement at WKOK.com. One Valley School District is heading back to Universal Masking today. Danville Area School District District announced the reinstituting the policy after over 100 staff and students came down with COVID-19. The new year will finally bring better traffic flows to the valley, and that may happen sooner than expected. PennDOT officials, particularly Ted Deptula, on a media call yesterday, said that the CSVT project northern section will be done sooner than expected.
3: So that fourth and final contract for the northern section is well underway. We also completed a lot of the asphalt paving. That will be completed this spring. And then we will open the roadway to traffic. That'll be late summertime.
0: Then they'll have to finish up the Route 405 connector that will be there. You can read his remarks at WKOK.com. New spectator policies going in effect at Bucknell University for their athletic events. Individuals 12 and up have to either show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to get in. They're reducing spectator capacity, limiting the number of attendees, and uh, actually that means about the same thing, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay, thank you. And uh, masks must be worn, no concessions, and they're reducing the capacity at their fitness centers as well. And do not worry about the COVID spike, even though COVID cases have doubled in the last week. Experts say there's good reason why we shouldn't freak out. The number of Americans ending up in the hospital with COVID, percentage-wise, is down by half compared to the Delta variant that was in circulation earlier. Omicron, quote, just doesn't make you that sick, unquote, says an official from the CDC who says they're now averaging about a half million new cases every day. But hospitalizations are low and deaths are going down. It's a good sign the vaccines are doing their job. Okay? People
2: not getting a alright All 800 okay. uh, Choose something in front of you, Joe. All right, one of our texters says, Chris always amazes me. He accuses Joe of interrupting him. He needs to look in the mirror. He is the king of interrupters. And then Trump tried to look at the election process after 2016. It was the Election Integrity Commission, and the states wouldn't cooperate. I don't know whether that's exactly true or not, is it? I'm not certain. All right. Uh, saying storming the Capitol is not a violent attack is beyond any rational conclusion. The political right has given up on the real facts and evidence.
0: Right, and they're slowly moving back to President Trump. Initially, they kept him at arm's length because of the insurrection but or the violence at the Capitol. Now they are
2: um, going the other way. And one last one directed at Chris that says, oh, my, Chris, I guess your King Biden is a great administrator. It wasn't an an insurrection. Right. It was not. Well, not really. Some of the people were insurrectionists
0: who wanted to take over the Capitol and disrupt governor and probably take over government. But most of them were not. Most of them were just protesters that got way, way, way out of control. There's no argument about that. But we know the Oath Keepers were in on deciding well in advance, weeks and months in advance, to go in and try to to take over the Capitol, but that's not what everybody was. They were just a sliver of the people who were in there. All right. Bob's been waiting from Williamsport, PA. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark.
1: Good morning. First, I guess I have to get on Joe a little bit when he said that, uh, Democrats aren't evil. Actually, Democrats are evil. That's their basic, their basic concept. They did everything possible in the year 2019 to make, or 2020, I should say, to make, uh, to make Trump look as bad as possible, including, including killing people. Okay, eighty <clears> percent. <throat> uh, Eighty percent of the people that died of COVID could have been saved had they relied on actual doctors to treat them. But no, they prohibited them from doing that so that they could have the worst output, output of uh, the COVID that, that was possible. That's number one. Number say two, that again. You,
2: you've lost me on number one. <laughs> what doctors were prohibited from treating people?
1: A competent doctors, okay? Well, define competent. There was lots of, was lots of prophylactics that, that could have been used to treat the COVID before the vaccine, so-called vaccine, was uh, developed, okay? Okay. was was one of them, okay? Did they... Did they, did they, or did they not ban the use of hydroxychloroquine against against the, the COVID?
0: I haven't heard of a ban. It certainly was uh, not commonly used, but although President Trump used it. No, it was it.
1: banned. It was banned. Okay, hm. you couldn't get it. You couldn't get it. You asked a doctor to be treated with it, and you couldn't get it. I'd call
0: that banned. Okay. Well, you call it banned, but that wasn't technically banned. It probably just so wasn't appropriate. banned.
1: Why? What, what do? You, what do you call banned then? Give me a description of banned.
2: Banned would be where the government says that under no circumstances can this drug be used for this
1: purpose. At all whatsoever. Period. At all whatsoever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if doctors I never did. did. If doctors choose not to use it, I mean, it, it's off. What do they call that? Not off-label, but it's it's not exactly yeah, what the what med- it is. is it yeah. off-label? So. It's not what the medicine was originally designed to treat, and it hadn't been approved by the FDA for that purpose. You know, and so if you believe the Food and Drug Administration is working to try to keep us safe,
1: no, I don't believe the Food and Drug Administration is working to. Is they, they're under true the auspices of the banion. Democratic Party. That's well, what I said.
2: They've been the under Democrats the auspices of the Republican Party too. To
1: make to make Trump look bad using the COVID, okay? Everything possible, and that included killing people.
0: Well, how did he look bad? He used it. How does that make that he, he used hydrochloroquine?
1: Yeah, he did. Oh, okay. He had, he, he, is in, he had the power to do that. You and I don't, because I tried it.
0: So you,
2: you had the virus?
1: I did not have the virus. You had the hydrochloroquine? I tried to get hydrochloroquine. It but if you, did,
2: if you weren't sick, why did you want it? <laughs>
1: What's a prophylactic?
2: A George? prophylactic is something you take to prevent something else in, in the hope that it will work. It's like if you think you might get diarrhea and you take an Imodium tablet. That's a prophylactic. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well,
1: that's what, that's what hydroxychloroquine was going to be used for. And
2: you thought it would prevent it. Do- Donald Trump said it would it would help if you had it. I don't think he claimed it would prevent it. Did no, he? I think
0: he, that's why he took it prophylactically. That's why he took it. He in did advance. take
2: it to prevent prevent yeah. him. But it didn't work. Then he got
1: it.
0: Well, he was probably off that's it by he then. him
1: die did he?
0: <laughs> Excellent point. Oh, but right. he also had the me- best medical care in the country. All right, Bob. One more remark quickly. We got to go.
1: Uh, all this business about uh, erections, not elections not rigged. Okay. In in Wisconsin. There was, uh, what's his name, uh, I forget, it. Uh, the guy that has uh, Facebook put $400 million to buy poll, poll workers in Wisconsin. Poll watchers.
0: Yeah. yeah, he and a bunch of, a wide range of other individuals, not just him, participated in making sure the election was conducted fairly. I'm
2: talking about Zuckerberg. Wrong.
0: Right.
1: Wrong. He fired, he, he provided the money to get rid of the regular poll watchers and they installed democrat poll watchers
5: <laughs>
1: Fires
0: and that's democrat not that's not watch. what that effort was all about that the regular poll and watchers might have been fired
1: might have been fired but zuckerberg didn't paid, do that they paid vote collectors okay what what, what uh, i forget what they call them ten dollars of ten dollars of vote oh get out Collect- of here
0: You're talking about harvesting votes? Right, $10 a vote are being paid. Yeah, Bob Zuckerberg, or Mark Zuckerberg did that. Okay. All right, we got you, Bob. Thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate that. All right, uh, hold on, Stan. Uh, You're going to be the caller that will be between two quickie breaks and then uh, Leonard Steinhorn at the bottom of the hour. So let's get that sequence uh, started. We'll be right back. WK, OK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Marco. We're leading up to Leonard Steinhorn, so we'll, we're going to talk to Stan, and then we'll take another quickie break, and then it'll be uh, Steinhorn time on
8: WK. OK. Stan, go right ahead. Well, happy sixth, Miss, to everyone. I want everybody to celebrate and have a great day today. Uh, as far as, you know, I'll put, it, I'll put this out here. Political violence of all kinds from all sides is wrong, period. Yeah, you've been 100% clear on that. It's all wrong. Now, in 2020, the summer of 2020, we had riots in every major Democrat-controlled city in this country. And there was probably some Republican-controlled cities, although most of the major cities are controlled by Democrats. And nothing was done of significance to stop it.
0: And you're saying that was
8: because of... of insurrection, if you want to go there, against the federal courthouse in Portland every night that they attacked it and tried to burn it to the ground. they're
1: still there? Yeah.
8: Yes, they probably still are doing it, I don't know, because you don't hear anything on the news about it anymore, because it's just, it's just common occurrence now. That's exactly right. But but for some reason, the Democrats... The summer of twenty twenty didn't have a problem with that political violence. In what way did
0: President Trump foment that, or President Biden? What did they do? Now we know what President Trump did to make sure that the attack on the Capitol happened. But in what way did President Biden say, "Okay, I want you to march"? Uh, We, you know, we're being attacked by the left here. Uh, 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 Did President Biden say that? I don't recall it, but maybe you do.
8: Nope, neither one of them did. And that
0: is the truth. Neither one from it. Although Biden said... Losing you, Stan. Stay still. Don't move. Get closer to the window.
2: Get back to where you were. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think we're going to lose him here. Stan? All right.
2: Call right back.
0: Oh, there he is. Uh, Okay. Is
8: it that bad? Uh, I'm
2: on my cell phone.
0: Now we got you. Now we got
8: you. How's that? Good. All right. So. Don't move. In in the summer of 2020, when uh, the radicals attacked uh, the White House and tried to break down the fence, what was that called? Oh, that was just a peaceful protest, is what the left has called it. Now, what happened on January 6th was 100% wrong. The idiots that went in there, and I do believe that there was a little FBI involvement with that. Because Mr. Ray Epps has still not been arrested for it, and he was there encouraging and going into the Capitol. All right? So there's something going on there that we'll never know. Because the information isn't being released.
0: And I think the two things are totally different. One, you have the President of the United States encouraging, fomenting, telling people to march on the Capitol (laughs) and encouraging the Vice President to do something illegal. And that's a terrible thing. So, you know, he shouldn't have done that. And the people who broke into the Capitol shouldn't do so. If you have anybody in any city, anywhere breaking the law and someone's encouraging, they should be prosecuted, too. So I I don't – it's just not the same thing. You know, one is led by the President. United States. Okay. All right. Well, we got you.
8: It it is. It's political violence. Plain and simple. And as far as Trump encouraging people to go to the Capitol and storm it, it didn't happen. Okay? Now, he did encourage them to go down there and raise their voice and let the people know what they thought. But that was during his speech. And at that point, the breach of the Capitol had already begun. Okay, and it was a 20- or 30-minute walk from where the speech was taking place to the Capitol building. So there was people already there causing problems.
0: All right. We got you, Stan. We got to move on. But thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate it.
8: Happy Sixmas! Have a great day. Bye. Happy
2: Sixmas to you, too. (laughs) Thickmas? Sickness? Sickness. Six. Happy Sickness. six months. It's hard to do that. you got to put that it TH is. on the end
0: of 6. <laughs> I have enough trouble with TH as it is. Alright, 1-800-7... Oh, one 800 seven. Oh, one of our good listeners clears this up 100%. Says the FDA revoked the emergency use status for COVID uh, in 2020 for hydrochloroquine. That sounds like a ban to me. No, it's actually just the opposite of a ban. You can use it. They revoked the emergency use because they didn't have clinical studies that said it was good for COVID-19, so they struck down the emergency use, but you can still get it for absolutely anything else you want to. You can get it for prophylactically if you so choose, because now they do have the studies that show that it does have a prophylactic impact. And so what, it's what back. What impact does it have, prophylactic? Well, I guess you don't get as sick. Since you know, we're throwing that word around. If you're using it, it doesn't, you don't get quite as ill. All right. One of our listeners says, good morning, guys. Here, here we, we are. are. It's <laughs> a year after, after Trump was, was president, president, and, and here, here we, we are still, still talking, talking about Trump. About Trump. Why is this the, the way, way it's going, going to be, be with Biden after, after his four-year run? No, he will be so quickly <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> You'll be saying President uh, who? <laughs> Very quickly. All right, Leonard Steinhorn is next. We'll be right back. All right, with that, we welcome back to WKOK. He's been a regular visitor here. We're very glad to say, from CBS News. He's an author, CBS News political analyst, and professor of communication, and affiliate professor of history at American University, Leonard Steinhorn, back on the line. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Hey, thanks for having me back. I thanks really, for coming back. I really do appreciate it. Lots of folks are listening to all of this coverage, and of course, the nation's more divided than ever. Uh, I'm going to start out by asking you, is our republic in trouble? You always talk me down when I ask you that. It's time again.
9: Well I'm not so sure I
0: can talk you
9: down this time <laughs> because look, our founders said that our government is depends on not just the consent of the government, but the informed consent of the government. And if we as a country or at least parts of the country refuse to accept facts and evidence and puts forth false claims and misinformation and disinformation, that sort of undermines the very underpinnings of our democratic system which is a democracy built on persuasion on debate on arguing with each other which is okay it's okay to have partisan sides it's okay because people have different lived experiences they have different perspectives on lives they have different ideologies they have different approaches to government and foreign policy and taxes and the economy and social socialized that's okay But when we refuse to accept the evidence and the facts on which those debates should be built, um, that's when we have a problem. And if that leads into how our elections are run, in which an election is perceived as stolen just because your side doesn't win. That really does threaten the basic fabric of our democracy.
2: But, Leonard, we've had, as a history professor, I know you know this, we've had uh, instances in our country where there were newspapers that were aligned with political parties. They lied. They made up stories at a time when getting information was much, much harder. So it had a tremendous impact on the way people lived and behaved. How does society deal with that? I mean, how, do we, how do we overcome
9: it? Yeah, that's a good question and in fact for the first maybe 40 or so years of our country we had partisan newspapers um and and but what we have now is something more powerful because that stuff spreads virally and it ends up online and if you go to these facebook sites and the algorithms continue to drive you to the same site and the same misinformation and the same disinformation because you're seeing it online you believe it because it seems validated by the very fact that you're seeing something published or something posted. That then confirms people's biases even worse and gets them to lock in even more. And also let's not forget, yes, we did have fight a civil war over fundamental disagreements in our country. We don't want to go into that space again. Look, in the last century or so, we've had severe disagreements on any number of issues. We've had severe disagreements on foreign policy, on the New Deal, on the Great Society, and the Vietnam War. Um, We disagreed. That's okay. That's what a democracy is all about. That's what our founders understood when they wrote the Federalist Papers, basically designing our democracy in which there will be different factions of people going at each other. But when it ceases to be a democracy of persuasion, and evidence, and it begins to be a democracy of falsehood, lies, and misinformation, and, as we saw a year ago, violence to overthrow a legitimate election, that's where we have to step back as a country and ask our leaders from both parties to say, enough is enough, we've got to step back, we've got to accept the results of elections that you don't like, we need more of Al Gore from 2000, and less of donald trump from 2020 and it shouldn't matter which party you're in to be able to say that um because in the long run if people lose faith in our elections even when those elections are conducted fairly which our elections are they've been certified as fair there have been no there's very little election fraud in our country george w bush put together a commission to study election fraud came up with almost nothing Donald Trump did the same. They had to disband his commission because they came up with almost nothing. So let's keep our democracy on the level of persuasion and evidence and may the best argument win an election. And that's where we should be. But if we deny that, we're heading down a bad path. And I think it's up to our leaders to basically have the courage to step up. You look at some of the Republicans on this January 6th commission, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, they may disagree vehemently with the Democrats on that committee on any number of issues. I mean, I've spoken with Liz Cheney. She doesn't like the Democrats on foreign policy. She doesn't like the Democrats on social policy. Or she doesn't like the Democrats on economic policy. <laughs> But she stands for something bigger, and that's the health of our democracy.
2: Tracy Campbell wrote a great book called Deliver the Vote, and it talks about America's history of voter fraud. So, you know, isn't, isn't it reasonable to be skeptical about the results of this election?
9: Not it, when it's been validated repeatedly, um, and they've gone through and checked the votes two or three times in all of these states. Um, and and when you have commissions in the last 20 years that couldn't find evidence of this, the truth is is that there really is very little evidence of voter fraud. Yeah, it may have happened in years past, and yeah, more recently, it may have happened in the 1960 election when John Kennedy was made uh, president. But of all people, Richard Nixon understood that to question that election and to create a constitutional sort of uh, upheaval by questioning that election wouldn't have been right. So even Richard Nixon decided to say, I accept the election of John F. Kennedy. But since then, we have far more sophisticated ways to, to make sure that our elections are fair with very, very little fraud. There are going to be cases here and there. You've seen a few cases, even from the 2020 election, but nothing that even approaches uh, uh, any fraction of a level that would affect uh, the results of the election. Look, we want to celebrate free enterprise in this country, but businesses are still sometimes corrupt. Things happen, people are people, but we can't sort of magnify the very, very few cases and to suggest that this is something that's generalized and overly broad and will change the election. And when you hear the former president of the United States go to the Secretary of State of Georgia who is a Republican, who vetted the election results, and they counted them three times in Georgia. And to say to that person, you need to come up with, well, the number was about almost 12,000 votes to put me over the top, that's election fraud. Not what actually happened on election day last year. But
0: what's the
1: way out. Campbell. Look Hold at on, Tracy, uh, Joe, uh, Joe.
0: What's okay. the way out on this? You know, what can we will we'll be stuck? Is if you think about the Civil War, you use that one as an example. When we were super divided, we still have people who don't agree why the Civil War was fought and uh, still don't accept uh, blacks in our society. What's our way out on this?
9: Well, look, and you even go more recently with Watergate, you had uh, when all the evidence was out there. We heard the tapes and you still had about 25 to 30% of Americans who you know, supported Richard Nixon and thought Watergate was a big made up deal and sort of a conspiracy against him. Um, so so that's always gonna happen. There are gonna be people stuck in their own partisan concrete and unable to move. But what you have to be able to do is present the evidence and the arguments to the critical mass of Americans, but also put country above party. Um, that is what Richard Nixon did in 1960. That is what Al Gore did in the year 2000. Both of them desperately wanted to be president and you could argue may well have been had certain conditions been different. Um, But they put country over party. Uh, And look, um, that's what we have to do in, in this country is we have to start talking with each other, humanizing each other, stop going into our own siloed media environments that are driven on social media by algorithms that just confirm our own perspectives and our own biases. We have to have these conversations and realize that somebody who's a liberal wants to raise their kids well, have good schools, work hard, uh, enjoy their life the same way that somebody who's a conservative is. And then you talk and humanize each other and realize that maybe you can find some common ground to work together and solve the country's problems. And I'll just say one more thing along those lines, because I'm a professor and I have students from wildly different political perspectives and backgrounds in my classes. But because they're in the same class and they will often work together on group projects or study together, guess what? They listen to each other, they talk to each other. They'll say to me, yeah, I disagree with so-and-so, but I'm really glad to hear her point of view. Don't we need more of that as a country? We have to find platforms that don't divide us the way Facebook does, but unite us and bring us together and have people talking with each other. How we achieve that, if I knew the exact answer, I'd be in Oslo getting the Nobel Peace Prize. (laughs) Um, but, But we have to try. And it's through shows like yours. That becomes a, a major part of what we have to do, which is to have these conversations. It's really so important. For what you, what you all are doing is so important for the health of our democracy. We need more of you.
2: But don't you find somewhat hypocr- some, some amount of hypocrisy in the fact that people on the left you know, all agree with Stacey Abrams, her election was stolen, and yet, yet they can't agree with Donald Trump, wanting to look at it and say, uh, let's examine this and see whether or not there was fraud here, too.
9: Well, look, I think any potential accusations of fraud ought to be looked at, but they were looked at in all of those states. You know, in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Georgia and Arizona, they were looked at. Even the sort of Republican-driven election audit in Arizona, which was driven in a partisan way, basically said that, yes, Joe Biden won that state. So if there are accusations, yeah, look at them but don't make statements with no evidence just because you're a sore loser. Um, So, you know, that's the difference here. And look, you know, where Stacey Abrams was coming from, she should have accepted the results more more wholeheartedly. But the one gripe she did have that does give anybody pause is that the person who she ran against, who defeated her, um, was the same person running the elections in that state. So, yeah, if Joe Biden were running the elections in all of those states that Donald Trump were, was, was contesting, it might, it might raise an eyebrow. Um, but in the long run, Stacey Abrams has accepted Brian Kemp as governor and is going to run against him again. Um, but should she have accepted it and publicly? Probably should have. Should she have raised questions and say, it's probably not right, we need a state law to make sure that anybody running an election uh, shouldn't be up for election, running the state, to run the state? That should be in the place. Um, but the bottom line is this. Um, we, if we don't have faith in our elections, and our elections are fair, even the person who ran cybersecurity um, in, the, in the Trump administration, he basically was fired from his job because he said it was a fair, the fairest and safest election we've ever had. Um, if we don't have faith that the people running these elections are doing the job in a nonpartisan manner, just to be able to record the will of the democracy, then we're in trouble. And if we put people in those positions who are partisans who only want one result and sort of monkey the evidence to create that, then we're even in more trouble. And if you wanna see polarization uh, 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 sort of expand, uh, uh, get squared or or cubed or to the fourth power, put people in charge of elections and put state legislatures in charge of certifying elections that only want it one way,
2: because then we will undermine
9: our democracy.
2: One final question for you, Dr. Briefly. Steinhorn, briefly. All right, well, how do you see this playing out in the Senate? Do you think they'll change the rules so that they can ram through a voting rights bill that is probably strictly partisan on the left? Or do you think that the Senate will hold firm and Manchin and Cinema will say, no, we're not gonna change the rules of the Senate?
9: Well, again, Um, You know, you have to be careful about calling something partisan because everything is partisan these days, um, with some exceptions. Are there legitimate things in that bill that would make sense? Sure, we should have Election Day as a day off. I mean, you know, everybody should be able to vote who's eligible to vote, and we shouldn't be putting blockades and restrictions on that. We also have a big problem with gerrymandering on both sides of the aisle, Democratic and Republican, because Mm -hmm. here's what happens when you protect your incumbents with uh, districts that are 10, 20, 30 points in favor of your party. then. We tend to elect people who are more highly partisan rather than people have to reach across the middle of the aisle um, and, and appeal to voters on the other side or independents on the other side. So if you wanna guarantee more polarization, you keep our gerrymandering and redistricting process as is um, and, and that's a big problem. So there are legitimate things in that bill which would be great to discuss, but you can't even discuss it if <laughs> there's a filibuster in place And you refuse to allow it to the floor to come up for debate. So the filibuster shouldn't be used as an excuse to avoid debate and avoid persuasion and avoid making your case to the American people. So this is where the problem is at right now. You can't even bring a bill to the floor of the Senate if you don't have 60 votes. You want paralysis in the Senate? That's how you have it. How you get around it? I don't know, because I think Manchin and Sinema have legitimate concerns that if you you know, get rid of the filibuster, um, then, then you don't have to reach across the aisle on things. But we've gotten to such a polarized point in our country that attempts to reach across the aisle are indeed very rare. They happen occasionally, like with the infrastructure bill, but it doesn't happen often enough and therefore the problems of our society continue to go unsolved.
0: Thank you so much for your appearance today. Always great to talk to you. My pleasure.
2: Thanks. You guys are great. I appreciate it. We'll look forward to having you back. (laughs) Take care. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you.
0: (laughs) Leonard Steinhardt, American University Professor of History and Communications. CBS uh, political analyst. Joe, you, but uh, this isn't on his def, on his bio, <laughs> but one of
2: our listeners says it should be. The Steinhorn is a partisan hack. Very obvious. Right. No, he Actually, he has very thoughtful opinions. They, they just happen to be coming at it from a little bit of a liberal perspective.
0: All right, 1-800-795-9565. We'll have open phones for the conclusion of our show. we got some texts and emails pending. We'll get to those ASAP. Callers take precedence, so
5: There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. All right, welcome back.
2: Anything from the screen you want there, Joe? All right. right uh, Let's see. How many people have been charged with insurrection? Why isn't Nancy Pelosi being investigated since she was in charge of capital security? Why are thousands of hours of video surveillance being kept from the public? Why was the murder of Ashley Babbitt never investigated? Why does the committee subpoena phone records of people just because they know Trump? They are not, by law, a criminal investigative body. Their purpose must be legislative. How are texts from Sean Hannity Legislative. These are just some of the questions about this one-sided political affair.
0: All right. Another man enjoying his own facts. Al, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. I don't to
10: myself because he was such an eloquent speaker. And I, I Say found that big, again.
2: Very Say that again. You, you need it. another phone, Al. You yeah. come across like you're in a tin can. And talk closer to the phone.
10: Okay. I found him to be very eloquent. How's that down?
2: Oh, that's bad. better.
10: And, and professional. But he's a professional propagandist. And he told the side of the story that could be reflected either way on either party if they wanted to cheat. And he kept calling this a democracy. This is a constitutional republic. And people were down at that White House, and I was going to go, but I heard. To stay away because there was going to be trouble, and um, I don't understand why they didn't have ten thousand troops there. Because I heard there was going to be trouble. I mean, and somebody in charge should have heard the same damn thing, don't you think? I mean, I was ready, I was ready to go, and I heard about Antiva being there, and things didn't seem right, and people were being seen with uh, the night before, and I thought, no. Now, there might be bombs, there might be this, there might be that. Who knew? So we knew there was going to be trouble. But that, does, that asked me, why not have 10,000 troops there to protect our election? And, and who do you got to ask? Nancy Pelosi.
2: Well, now, when you say to protect our election, you're not talking about certifying <laughs> the results, are you? No, you're talking about... You're talking about, about overturning the results. Getting Mike Pence to no, do the right thing.
10: I, I, no, you can't intimidate me. You know what I said. I, I think that if there was going to be a problem with our election that day. And um, either way, then everybody should have been ready. And who was in charge of being ready? And she was recommended by President Trump. Get ready. Here, this is my recommendation. Bring ten thousand in. I mean, you got to you got to do the whole investigation. It's like trying to learn out of a book with half the pages ripped out.
2: So you're saying I, President I, Trump I, told Nancy Pelosi to bring in ten thousand troops?
10: Yes, he yes he did. Where did, what's yes, your source
2: for that? Because I must admit I haven't heard that.
10: Well, if you listen to the right news, you'll hear all of it because There's everything right news gets okay. <laughs> What's the right news? Listen about this. The book has half the pages missing. Now, that's just, you know, because it gets on the Internet, and if they don't like it, it comes down We call information, misinformation about this, misinformation about They shouldn't do that. They should leave all the pages in the book so you could be on the same page as me. All
0: right, we got gotcha. you. Thank you so much, Al. Thanks for calling in. Yep. Very much appreciated. All right, Michael, you're next up. You get three minutes. Go right ahead.
4: Yeah, so, uh, you know, the the meme is that we had the most secure election in history. I think we can all agree that that's what's being said about 2020, correct?
0: We had the most what? Secure, secure election, election oh. in American <laughs> history. I don't know about that, but anyway.
4: No, I mean, you're... The uh, guest that you had on said, you know, basically it was that. And that's what the Democrats have been saying. You know, it, when Trump raised concerns, uh, the, you know, the, the narrative went out, this was the most secure election in history. And that's what the professionals were saying. So I don't understand why the big move to have to change anything if the last election was great. What's, what's the big move
0: here? I don't get it. Well, there's things you can do to the election that uh, impact how many people of various parties can vote. For example, in Pennsylvania, Governor Wolf changed the rules as it relates to mail-in votes in about four different ways. And we know that Democrats, just demographically, for whatever reason, we don't know, Democrats use mail-in votes more often. So that gave Democrats an advantage. Republicans around the country are imposing new rules that relate to voting that can uh, can have an impact on Democrats voting, resulting in fewer Democrats voting. So we know that uh, tweaking things uh, can be done to have a partisan impact.
4: Well, I, I agree 100% with that, but, but the idea is that you want to have a vote that's fair and that everybody that wants to vote can vote. I mean, it sounds to me like what the Democrats want is... They want to be able to pay. I mean, really, it looks like we're heading down a slope where everybody's going to have to vote. It, I mean, that's what it's almost <laughs> sounding like. What they want to do, Now that that may that may sound crazy, but I, I just don't understand. I've never ran into anybody that said. Hey, I, I, I wasn't able to vote. I mean, I used to work 12 and a half hour days, and it was almost impossible to vote on that particular day sometimes because of the travel time and the work time. And what I had to do was have an absentee ballot. I mean, it, it was that simple. Right.
0: Those were the days.
4: And Yeah, those were the days. And now, what Wolf did, you know, he did everything he could to increase turnout in that election. And I'm not saying he was right or wrong, but... It seemed like he was overstepping his bounds. Now, that uh, it got kicked back. Any cases in Pennsylvania got kicked back. The uh, Supreme Court didn't listen to them. They just kicked them back. And and the Democrats claimed that was a victory. But, the, you know, the Supreme Court wouldn't even hear it. Well, that's because it got kicked back to the states because the states are the ones responsible for the votes. But now what the Democrats want to do by getting rid of the filibuster is put the federal government in control of the whole Election across the entire country. That's the problem right. that many people have.
2: We gotta go. Thank you so hey, much, you, Mark. I appreciate it. Yep, yep. Please call back. Just interestingly enough, I looked up. Do you believe it? Depends on whether or not you believe USA Today. But they fact checked President Trump repeatedly claiming that Pelosi rejected requests for ten thousand National Guard troops ahead of January sixth. They say they've checked it and it's not true. So do you believe right, USA Today? There's no today? paper trail. Or, what, yeah, or what, what is the right news media? <laughs> well,
0: Washington Post said that, that all these three eggheads that were running capital security said they knew from her office that there was a call for more security. Okay. But there's no paper trail or phone messages or anything that like that. That shows
2: that President Trump, well, if President Trump wanted 10,000 people there. I don't think he'd want them for the same purpose. We're talking about <laughs> yeah, to hold the doors open. <laughs> right. All right, on the mark brought to you by the Sunbury
0: Motor Company. I want to tell you about the 2021 Bronco Sport Badlands. Got to drive last week. This is that two-liter uh, four-cylinder turbocharged EcoBoost motor thing. Now remember, you're getting over 30 miles to the gallon on the highway, and it's got a longer wheelbase on most of the models. The off-road one, the one that I drove, uh, has a shorter wheelbase and a taller profile. It's got a <laughs> the three-inch lift is already on it, guys. All right, see, that's what that is. I used all. All six goat modes at one point or another. The mud, sand, sport, economy, slippery, and normal. <laughs> Normal's the most boring, but all the rest are fun. But uh, power moonroof, reverse sensing, which means you cannot back into anything anymore. No more replacing that rear bumper. HD radio, so you can listen to our sister station, 94KX in HD. 10-speaker, Bang & Olufsen sound system, so we crank that up. Just a super vehicle. It's a 2021, but there's 2022s on the lot, including one that has... Uh, the uh, lift kit already on it. So check it out at the Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. Uh, tomorrow is Financial Friday, so we'll be talking about the jobless numbers and some reaction there. Ben Reikley will co-host Russ Redding, the State Agriculture Secretary, going to call us about the farm show and the state's agriculture industry faring very well in the pandemic. If you read super fast, All Joe, right, we'll get Joanne that Joanne
2: says uh, from Sunbury on the January 6th, 2021... Oh, I guess we can't do it. We'll have to save it for tomorrow. Can't read that fast. It's longer than a minute, but we will. Hey, uh, we will read it tomorrow. Joe, enjoy your retirement-lengthened weekend. I will. And uh, try to stay safe from the snow.
0: We'll see you on Monday. Yeah, we got some uh, snow tomorrow and some ice on Sunday, so uh, be careful, everybody. You've been listening to On the Mark on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Tomorrow at 9 a.m. we launch into open phones again. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK, Sunbury, 10 o'clock.